Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town, which I'm sure is much happier today after the Nationals beat the Milwaukee Brewers 7-4 in Nationals Park. 51 and 35 on the year after they avoid a sweep at the hands of the lowly Brewers. Uh, brought out the home run six today, but it was Tanner Roark on the mound, Dave. Tossed seven scoreless versus the Brewers when he faced them in Miller Park last month. Helped the Nats stop a seven-game losing streak at that point. Three and one in his last six starts with the Nats five and one in his outings. A 3380 ERA and a 293, 336, 379 line against in 37 and third innings pitch over that stretch. Uh, four, four nothing in the third, but the four straight uh, singles by the Brewers. Scooter Jeanette drives in two, four to two. Lucroy fifth hit of the inning, four to three at that point. They pull the old stolen base trick, which I haven't seen work in a long time to tie to tie it up at four. Uh, he's done after 99 pitches and in seven innings. Kind of settled in for a couple of nice innings at the end there. Uh, decent outing from Roark. He gives up seven hits, four runs. A uh, walk, six Ks, gets five ground outs, three fly outs. Uh, did enough to get the Nationals. Uh, they provided some offensive support for the first time in three games, which helped. But uh, Tanner Roark, once again, in the role of the stopper today in Nationals Park. Yeah, you know, except for a period of about 16 pitches there, um, he was really good. Um, I know that that's kind of like saying that uh, um, except for uh, except for a month and a half, Danny Espinosa should have been an all-star um, but, yeah, um, Roark did what he continues to do um, every five days and take the ball and give the Nats a chance to win. Now, they sport, spotted him four runs today, and he gave them back. Uh, but the bottom line is that, that he competed and kept them in the game. And, um, you know, that's, that's all you can ask from a guy that, that, that came through the minor leagues with absolutely zero pedigree. Um, everybody said this guy is ticketed for the bullpen um, if he was going to have a big league career at all. Um, but all he does is goes out there and competes and keeps the Nats in games. And, um, you know, he's not a high strikeout guy. He generates a lot of ground balls, and sometimes those ground balls go through. Um, very rarely those ground balls turn into home runs, though. Um, so you can, uh, a pitcher like him can usually limit the damage. Eventually the balls are going to start going at people again. He got a big ground ball uh, double play. Um, you know, frankly, the, uh, the one that uh, uh, the Jeanette hit, um, should have been a ground ball double play. It was the one that went through the vacated hole at third base. And, um, you know, just sometimes that happens. And, um, but, but other than that, uh, Roark was good again today. Um, and, uh, and like you said, played, played the role of stopper and, um, with, with the wildly erratic um, uh, Gio Gonzalez, um, you know, not performing very well. Um, certainly if the Nats want to, decides that they want to keep Lucas Giolito around after Joe Ross gets back. I don't think Tanner Roark has any worries about losing his rotation spot. Okay, I was in that big four-run inning for the Brewers. Uh, Jonathan Lucroy singles with two outs. 
drives in Jonathan Villar. Scooter Jeanette goes to third, so first and third with Chris Carter up at the plate. They pull the old high school trick that we've seen a hundred times coming up in the baseball world, but rarely, I mentioned, rarely see it work in the majors. Uh, Luke Roy takes off for a second after a pitch, uh, stops midway there. Uh, Jose Lobatone throws the second, throws through the pitcher. Daniel Murphy gets it, but as soon as the throw goes out from home, Scooter Jeanette takes off from third, steals home. A throw by Murphy home is a little bit wide. Uh, you don't like seeing your team get caught with that sort of trick play, but worked for the Brewers there to tie it up before the Nationals eventually went ahead. You know, this is basically the base running equivalent of the old fake to third, throw to first that is now considered a balk. You seldom see it work. It worked here today. It was embarrassing, and I won't quite go, go so far as disgraceful, but, but honestly, that, that, that is a play that should not work in the major leagues. It's going to work a couple times a season, and the, the, the team that, that is victimized by it should rightfully hang their heads in shame at getting caught out on this. But, uh, you know, that's, that's baseball. Honestly, I think you should still be able to fake the third and throw the first just for the, the factor of being able to catch someone once or twice a year on it and have them walk off the field feeling like the dumbest base runner in the world to get to get caught on that play. Uh, so we, we can feel like the dumbest defense in the world having gotten caught on that play here uh, here today. But fortunately, we don't have to wail and gnash our teeth that that was something that set up the go-ahead run that, that lost us the game because fortunately the Nats were able to rally from there. Uh, so that was, that was the, the, the temporary sitting there shaking my head in the stand I think that's when I texted you that there was not enough beer in the entire ballpark uh, or, or pretty close to then as Roark was stringing all the – or letting all the contact go by. But fortunately, the Nats rallied from there. So now, now we can just laugh about it. There definitely a lot of holes in the infield in that inning and making the pitch to, pitch to K uh, easily the preferable method of approach. But – Luckily for the Nationals, Dave, Matt Garza was on the mound in the nation's capital. He gave up seven hits, three walks, four in runs, and six innings pitch versus Washington and Miller Park uh, when they played there. But in D.C., 0-2 with a 23.14 ERA. That's 18, 18 earned runs and seven innings pitched before today. Uh, down 3 nothing early on a three-run blast by Bryce Harper, who went the other way with a changeup outside like we were begging him to yesterday. Jose Lobatone, a solo shot, 4 nothing at that point. Uh, Steven Drew just continues to impress. A two-out RBI double in the third to put the Nationals ahead, 5-4 to four after the Brewers had rallied. Ryan Zimmerman uh, puts one out to center field, a two-run blast later in the game. Uh, just a monster shot by Zimmerman there. They broke down his swing on uh, mass and broadcast with F.P. Santangelo talking about how he's finally keeping his head still at the plate. And you see the results there, a 400-plus foot blast to center. Anthony Rendon was on. That put the Nats up 7-4. to Mr. Drew put him ahead 5-4. to And just, I don't know what goes on when Matt Garza gets to the nation's capital, but uh, how many runs did he give up today total? Uh, seven earned runs in four and a third inning pitch. So that puts him up to 25 and 11 and a third so far in his career in Nationals Park. So that's just absolutely brutal. And the Nationals were able to take advantage of it, hit the home runs. They hadn't been hit in the last couple of days. 
it, it always warms my heart to see Matt Garza listed on the schedule against the Nats because you know there's going to be just a good old-fashioned ass whoop. But, um, you know, it, it's really weird because um, obviously it's not the same team that Garza pitches against every single time. There's different players in there, uh, different opportunities. And that's one of the things where, you know, the broadcasters typically list, the, you know, a pitcher's record against teams. And, and it's really kind of silly because it, it's a different team they pitch against every time. But that being said, you can't argue against the guy against the fact that Garza has given up so many earned runs against the Nats in Nats Park. There's got to be something to it. Um, the, the, you mentioned an awful lot of stuff there, and I'm, I know I'm going to forget some of the stuff, but I wanted to, to bring up a couple of points about a couple of those things. Number one, um, I'm glad you mentioned Stephen Drew's at bat because it was just a great piece of hitting there. Um, you know, he got a ball on the outside corner, he kept his head down, he drove through it, uh, drove it to the wall. It was just um, just a really nice piece of hitting there. And this is a guy that um, you know the, the, his skills have eroded, and uh, he's not the player that he was. Um, you know, several years ago when he put, you know, near all-star, um, near all-star level uh, years back-to-back. But uh, but he's been a very useful player for the Nats. Uh, been provided a, a good deal of pop. He's played three different positions, almost equally, uh, you know, evenly distributed between the three positions. Um, just, you know, a really nice pickup for the bench by, by Mike Rizzo this offseason. Um, number two, uh, welcome back, Ryan Zimmerman. I know we've given him an awful lot of trouble here, uh, you know, in the last. Zim! Yeah, and, and frankly, um, he was. It was. You know, he's earned it. You know, he's he's been terrible. This is a player that's very important to the Washington Nationals, not just this season, for the next several seasons. Um, you know, he's penciled in to play first base for this team. You know, for the remainder of his contract. And who thought at the time when Ryan Zimmerman signed his contract that that would end up looking like more of an albatross than Jason Worth's contract did? Um, you know, if this really is the resurrection of Ryan Zimmerman, it's welcomed with open arms all across Natchtown because they really need to see him uh, driving the ball again. Um, being productive out of that first base slot because, frankly, uh, he hasn't been all season long. So if it's something that's clicked and he's going to get hot and carry this team for the next month, you know, that would just be fan-damn-tastic because, um, you know, he entered the game hitting around 210 um, and, and slugging, you know, barely above that. So it, it, it's good to see him, uh, once again, like you said, keeping his head down, driving the ball, um, you know, making solid contact. I know that a lot of people made a lot of – of, of uh, you know um, uh, observations about his you know the batted ball speed you know still being you know classic Ryan Zimmerman but he just has been hitting and you know some you know terrible luck or whatever but you know this is um, this is the time of year the Nats really need him and it's good to see him have a good game and he's had a couple of good games here um, recently power wise anyway so like I said if this is uh, the return of Ryan Zimmerman then then, then woo hoo. <laughs> Two for three at the plate today with that home run, a two-run home run. Uh, Doghouse last season when he came after the uh, injury with the foot, when he came back for that spell before he ended up injuring the oblique and missing the rest of the season, he he said that that's the best he's been hitting in a couple years. Uh, He really went on a a tear there for a little while, which kind of makes me think that it's it's not just a case of him, you know, the bat speed slowing to the point where he can't keep up anymore. I, I think it's still in him personally. Uh, it hasn't provided much proof of that yet this season, but when you see him connect like that and hit one out the straight center, it sort of gets you thinking again about uh, just how 
devastating this lineup could be if Zim is able to do that and if Bryce Harper is able to do what he did, taking that change up outside, not trying to pull it, but going with it and just powering it out the left field, dumping one in the left field bullpen, a three-run blast in the first inning to get the Nationals off to a good start. And you see both of those guys doing that, and you really start to wonder what this offense is going to be like if and when they get everyone clicking at the same time. Yeah, and the, the signs have been there for, for Zim all season, even as he, he hasn't been having a lot of success. He's been hitting balls very hard. Uh, if you, you look at the with the hit FX data that's available now for people who have more time and energy to put in it than I do, uh, and you look at the batted ball authority coming off of Zim, Zim's bat, it, it's like he's hitting the ball the second hardest out of uh, NL first baseman or something like that. Not, not that he's getting a lot to show for it so far, but I, I think it says that the bat speed is there. And whatever funk he's in, whether it's bad bat luck or it's, it's uh, pitch recognition, whatever it is, if he makes contact, he can hit the ball hard. Uh, the, the ability is there. You combine that with the pedigree that he's shown. Uh, I, I think that we're not, completely unwarranted in thinking that he can put it together for the stretch run and be as productive as you expect uh, an NL first baseman to be. And we've, we've already seen at the beginning of this year and last year what Harper is capable of when he gets back into his groove and he pulls the ball hard and sends 500-foot home runs out to, le- uh, out to right. But goes with the pitch away and, you know, fine, he only hits it 10 rows back when he hits it out to left. It's, it's still a home run. Uh, this is a lineup where we know, top to bottom, they can pretty much be productive, especially with the emergence of Ramos this year and uh, the success that, that uh, uh, Murphy has had, not shown today, of course. Uh, pretty much the only one who, who hasn't shown it to us in a Nationals uniform is Ben Revere. Uh, and if he puts up anything like his career numbers, mind you, that's sort of a sort of hollow because he, he's never really walked very much. But if if he can make contact and get on base as uh, as he had, and everyone else puts it down you know, or puts it together in in the ways that they've shown that they can before, uh, this will be a terrifying lineup. I mean, granted, it's it's pretty rare for any team to have everyone going at the same time, but, you know, we, we, we just get half this lineup functioning together, and by golly, this is this is a team, not sorry, not to go all Ray Knight on you, this is a team that can score a lot of runs. <laughs> it's a good-looking ball club. 7-3 and three yeah. on the homestand after today's win, 51-35 and 35 on the year. Just wanted to get both of your takes as a longtime D.C. fan, Dave, and as a season ticket holder who goes to a lot of games every year. Uh, Dusty Baker talked before today's game, stirred up a bit of controversy on the internet by national fans who seem to have some sort of complex. As a Montreal fan who moved with the team to D.C., I don't fully understand, but Dusty Baker's quote, some of the guys on the team wish our fans were a little more boisterous, crazy a little bit, like we see at different stadiums on the road, but we also realize that a lot of fans are new national fans, and some of them or a whole bunch of them were Cubs and Mets fans, and, you know, wherever they come from, that's the dynamics of D.C. That's the transient theory of D.C. We always hear that's been dispelled by a lot of people recently, but I'll move on, which we realize. But we're trying to win everybody to us, and, you know, we need their energy big time. Uh, 
I don't see necessarily why this caused a stir, but it did cause a stir with national fans who haven't enjoyed the uh, visits by some Mets fans recently, and there's been a bit of controversy there with the way the Mets fans were treated in National Park. But, Dave, your thoughts on Dusty Baker calling for a more boisterous, maybe he means drunk crowd, or uh, the D.C. fan reaction to that today on the Internet? Well, you know, he's not wrong. You know, there was no baseball in D.C. for, for many, many years, and, um, you know, people that were baseball fans when the team left um, either adopted the Orioles or stopped following baseball altogether and, or, followed, you know, and, or followed, you know, different teams. And I think that, that a large section, a large population of, of Nats fans are either fans of, the team, of other teams as well um, or, you know, or new fans. I mean, you, you still go to Nats Park and cringe at, at the people behind you, you know, trying to show off their baseball knowledge and just talking completely out their ass. So um, I don't think Dusty Baker is wrong in his assessment of the D.C. fan base. Um, and I also don't think that you're wrong in your assessment that um, that the, the diehard Nationals fans, not, not, not D.C. baseball fans, but diehard Nationals fans, do take exception to that. Do take exception to um, to the idea that uh, that they aren't that this isn't a great baseball city. That this isn't a great sports town. Um, the DC DC fan base, you know, whether it's the Nats, the Redskins, the Cats, the Wizards, whoever, um, has always taken grief about DC being a transient town and DC not being a great sports town. Um, but uh, you know, but like any fan base, there is a very hardcore, rabid Nats fan in DC. There just aren't that very many of them. I mean, I think I personally know 95% of what of, the, of who comprises that fan base. It's just it's just that's how it is. And some people take more exception to it than other. I, I don't personally take exception to it because I think I have a pretty good understanding of, of what makes you know a rabid DC a DC sports fan. But then again, I've only been doing this for 48 years, so what the hell do I know? Doug Hass has one of those boisterous fans who sits up there in the 300 section near one of the more boisterous fans in the whole park, our friend DC guy. Uh, your thoughts on Baker's comment and the uh, atmosphere at Nationals Park before we wrap up? Look, I, I, I see his point. Certainly, uh, like the, the, the Nats, Nats, Nats chant after, uh, after the Nats score a run, that's up on the 300 level. Uh, I look down to the lower bowl, you know, maybe there's 10 people down there who look back up at us doing it up on the upper deck and join in with us. So maybe they're not hearing all the, all the, the, the wacky craziness of, uh, of the real darhards who tend to sit up in the cheap seats because that's what we can afford if we want to go to a lot of games. Um, you know, may, maybe it's more of a, an event and a CNB scene in the lower bowl. Uh, I think it's getting to be less that way and sort of more about people going to see the game and, and enjoy it and get involved with it. But as far as fans who yell and are crazy and whatever, uh, I'll just say that, you know, the guy who has tickets behind me, his nine-year-old asked me today if I thought I would get thrown out of the game for the stuff I was yelling at the umpire. When there was no <laughs> swearing, I will point out, I just, you know, advised him in graphic detail about what I saw as the weaknesses in his calling of the strike zone. And I would also mention that this nine-year-old went to her first Nats game when she was four days old, which I remember. Uh, so there are certainly plenty of people who are, who are diehard Nats fans. Are there enough? Is it comparable to other cities that have a much longer-lasting uh, uh, baseball tradition? Maybe not. 
but give it time. And I, I certainly think it's getting there. 51 and 35 on the year after a 7 and 3 homestand, even though they dropped two to the Brewers. Four game set to end the so called first half starts tomorrow night. Lucas Giolito on the mound in City Field. I might be going to that game, so I'm looking forward to that. It might cost us a show here, but we'll see. That's nightly sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Hopefully, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Go Nets. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.